How are you guys doing? Good? Yes? Well, that's great because I'm pretty tired. I mean, terms are kind of like taking, I don't know, it's just hard. Uh, but okay. I have a little meme that I can relate. Can you guys show it? This is me. This is fine. I, know, I don't know what I like about the meme, but I think I, I just love dogs. I don't know if it's a hat, the dog, or that. I feel like that has been me since I turned 18. So it's just like, this is fine. Like, it's just everything is burning, and uh, I don't know. But, and the coffee, that has been my fuel also since I was 18. Well, I'm a Hispanic, so probably since I was like 15 or less. Uh, but yeah. Who else loves coffee here? Yes? Ah, yes, those are my people. Um, who loves dark coffee? Just like no sugar, no milk. Ah, yes, those are the ones that are like making it. Who likes to put milk in their coffee? Uh, cream, oh yeah, sorry, from Mexico, we use milk. But yes, creamer and sugar and all that stuff. Yeah, well, those people, I don't know. The, they call them, what, not part of the elect? What did you say? I don't know. No, but like seriously, like what's wrong with you? Like why would you like, why would you like ruin such a good drink? Like just like, it's, I don't know, but well, something that is even better than coffee is chai tea, right? I feel like that's where the body of Christ gets united, right? Or no? Do you guys love chai tea? Yes? Like when you like the smell and then the cinnamon on top and then the foam and then when you take a sip, it's just like it, it sticks on your lips and it's just like so good. I just love chai tea. And uh, one day, we went to downtown Rochester last semester with a couple of friends. And it was one of our friends' birthday, and we were, like, very excited. And I just love chai tea. Like, in Mexico, when you go to Mexico and you order chai tea, you will get a big mug of chai tea. Like, it's not, like, a small one. It's, like, big. And you just, like, the... when you picture it, you're, like, oh. have you ever guys gone to, like, a restaurant or a coffee shop where, like, you have an ideal on your head, and then you get really disappointed because it's not what you wanted? Well, this is my story. I went, we went to Rochester downtown. We went to Java. I don't know if you guys been there. And it's a really good place. I was expecting a really good chai tea. So we got, we got like, we were like, happy because that's what you do in birthdays. You're happy for the person that's, you know, turning, like getting old. And uh, you get there and we got in line. My friends order their coffees, their pastries or their muffins. And I, I think I was the last one. I don't remember, but I think I was, I'm pretty sure I was the last one to order. And I went to the counter. I ordered a, co- a, ch- a chai tea, a coffee, a chai tea. And um, they didn't have the one that I wanted. That was like the, fe- the first sign that I should have paid attention to, but I didn't. So like, well, you have this other chai tea. And they were like, yes, we do have it. So I ordered it, and I also ordered a muffin. And I went down. I went back to my friends. We sat down. We we're talking. They had their coffees. They had their drinks. They started drinking. I didn't have my chai. And I was like, all right. I'm not like very patient sometimes. So like, where's my coffee, my, my chai? And I uh, still waiting. A few minutes passed. I, I got up. I went to the counter. I asked. They were like, yeah, it's going to be ready. And... Uh, after that few minutes again, my chai was ready. So I was like really happy. My soul was just like content. And uh, I took the lid off. And who, people that love chai tea, you know, like you have to take a good sniff of it before you drink it, right? So I, I sniffed it. I took a, and it didn't smell like anything. So I'm like, hmm. I took a good sip and it just tasted like warm milk. 
And it was just like, from chai tea to warm milk, just like, ugh. Like, warm milk is like one of the worst drinks you can ever have. And um, we started arguing. We started talking about, like, what should I do? Should I, like, uh, should we, should I go back to the counter? Should we, uh, should I, like, uh, order another one? Get a, an exchange or refund? And we started talking, and there were six of us. And five of us agreed that the right thing to do was to get up and go to the counter and or the, and ask for a, another one. And we like, so that's what I did. I went, I went to the lady that was there, like the, the that, those kind of ladies that you only find in coffee shops, you know, like the tattoo ones and like all that stuff. And uh, I went to her and politely, because I can be politely, some, polite sometimes, I, I asked if I could have another one. And she said, yes, of course. And she gave me another chai and uh, after a few minutes, I got it. It wasn't the best, but I want what I wanted, what I paid for. And, uh, that's, wouldn't you say that's a consumerist mindset of me to say I want what I paid for and that this is the whole point of my long story. I hope Gabriel is not regretting choosing me. But we have, our culture, our generation has become, has customized by this consumerist mindset, utility mindset, right? I want what I paid for. I, uh, I went to the store and I gave you, I don't know, $100 and I want quality. I went to Java's, which is a good coffee shop, and I want quality back. And the, I mean, I think that's good in, a, in, like, in certain environments. But the thing is that our generation has turned that mindset and we have put it into other things. We have brought it to the church. We have said, you know, the pastor didn't, didn't preach that well this Sunday. The worship wasn't that good, but I'm putting my money, I'm tithing, I'm offering, I'm serving. Why are they not giving me back what I'm investing? And that's quite dangerous already. And then we also do that with relationships, friendships. You know, I, 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 I bought you flowers, I bought you ice cream, and you haven't even bought me anything in this past year. I have invested in you. I have invested time. I have invested uh, money in you. I, I get nothing back. But the reality is that love is not like that. Love sacrifices, right? Love puts the other person first. Love is like, I will give you because I love you, not because I'm going to get something in return. And the most dangerous thing that I feel like our generation and Christianity in general has been doing is that we are putting that same mindset into a relationship with God. And I don't know, like, I, this is me. This is what I got to speak into me because I've seen this in my life. I have been like, God, you know, I decided to follow you, but this is quite painful. This is not what I expected. My family has turned their, their backs on me. Uh, leaders have hurt me. I have been disappointed. Sickness came to my life. I don't have the money to buy what I want. And then you're like, God, I gave you my life. Why is this happening to me? I'm stressed. I'm in pain. I'm in hardship. My sin has not gone away. Why is this happening? I have surrendered everything to you. And the thing, my family, because you guys are my family, I love you, is that God doesn't work like that. God is not going to give you a refund, which is you can think it's sadly, but it's really not. God is not going to give you an exchange because he knows that whatever you're going through is necessary for your growth and for the accomplishment of your purpose. God has done this. But to do this, to go through whatever we're going through, we need to endure. Endurance. And that's a topic. I have time. Oof. Endurance. And yes. And I want to read you 
the meaning of the quality of endurance in the Bible. It says, this is the meaning. The characteristic of a man, woman, who is not turning aside from their deliberate purpose and their loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. The characteristic of a man or a woman who is not turning aside from their purpose or their faith. Who's not turning aside, who's not giving up, even through the greatest trials and sufferings. And the thing here is that endurance is a constant topic in the Bible. And if, the, if God was like, oh, this is not necessary, I'm not going to put it there. Because, you know, Christians are going to be in rainbows and things, right? things are just going to be happy and gold is going to pour out from the heavens. And, but no, God has put endurance constantly in the Bible, which ha- it has happened, right? But endurance is through great trials and suffering. Through great trials and suffering. And my friends, all of us. Even if you don't like it. And it's not to be like to scare you or anything. Maybe you're going through a great trial right now. Maybe you're going to go. Maybe you have gone through great trials in the past. And you're here. And you needed endurance. And that's what we need. And I'm going to read from the Bible in Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. So God is not going to give you a refund. Right? God is going to tell you, go ahead. Continue. Go. Endure. Because there's something greater expecting you there's something so so much growth in it and hebrews 12 1 to 3 in the context of hebrews is uh if you read it the writer is talking to a church that is going through great trials and sufferings if you read hebrews 10 hebrews 11 hebrews 12 you're going to notice that they're being persecuted that their houses are or well, their properties are being taken away from them they're just like imagine like if we think something that can compare to that and it's not to like not be I'm not making fun or anything. I think it's a very serious thing. And just for us to realize this, the severity of what they were going through is like what our family in Ukraine is going through right now. They're being taken from their houses. They're being chased. They're being killed. And it's really serious. And this is what this church was going through too. And it says here, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against him, so you may know you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. I'm reading from the ESV version. And I want to take my first point from here. You have a purpose, but you need endurance. You have a heavenly purpose, but you need endurance. And it says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. God has placed a race in front of you, which is completely different from mine and completely different from your neighbor that's sitting next to you. God has placed a race in front of you. And you came to Elam because you, you heard the voice of God. You heard his calling. You've, you saw his dream, his vision for your life. And you were like, I'm going to go to Elam. I'm going to pursue him. God has set a race in front of you. But you need endurance. You need endurance. And my, for this is almost my, I'm at the end of my fourth year. And every year at Elam, I need an endurance. My first semester, I wanted to run away because this was, what not, this was not what I was expecting. I had an idea. I had a consumer's mindset, and I was like, mm, nah. 
But then God was like, mm, no, yes, because this is where you're going to grow. And this is where you're going you're gonna to pursue your calling. And after four years, it has been a great blessing for my life. And then also from the people that are leaving, that this is your last semester. You're like, oh, you know, God is calling me to, to something else. You need to understand that it's going to be quite tough when you leave Elam. I've talked to, to Luke. I was talking to him yesterday, two days ago, and I was talking to people like, that were with me for three years that sat next to me. And people that are from upper classes that were also here for three years. And when they left Elam, things just start pouring on them. Hardship, trial, sin, coming back, ideas, ideology, church hurt, disappointment. And when you have this, when you don't endure it, you, you leave the church. You leave the faith. And it's super sad when I think of my classmates uh, that for three years we were all pursuing the same goal. We were like, we're going we're gonna to do this. And you, heaven showed me a video the other day of me. And if you listen to that video, all of them are talking about ministry and God and calling. And it's so sad because some of them are just like doing something else. They're not even part of a church anymore. And God has called you to endure. He has set a race in front of you. He has set a purpose in front of you, which the goal is what? Christ, the kingdom. But the race, the purpose needs endurance. So that's my first point. You have a purpose. But the thing is, when you decide to follow, to pursue a heavenly purpose, you cannot have a worldly focus. When you decide to pursue a heavenly purpose, you cannot have a worldly focus. And let's read the, the first part of the first verse that says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings, clings so closely. And that therefore, that's how it starts, the chapter, therefore, we have all taken, what is the name of that class? Hermeneutics. What is the therefore telling us there? That's a connection, right? It's a cause and effect. And it's telling you there's a connection with the chapter behind it. Therefore, what is he talking about in chapter uh, Hebrews 11? Do you guys know? Do you guys know? Come on. Faith, the heroes of the faith. By Abraham, by faith. Moses, by faith. Rachel, by faith. Rahab, by faith. And many others, by faith, did great things for the kingdom of God. And because of what they did, what they endured, we have the blessing that we have right now. It says that they didn't reach the, the promise, but we have reached the promise because of them. But their faith. And see, faith and endurance cannot be separated. They are connected. A witness is a person that has experienced or has seen what happens. You are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. These people that they, they laid down their lives, that had hardship and endured and believed for the promise of God. And then in, in Hebrews 11, 15, 16 says this. Talking about these great fathers of the faith. That's what I'm going to call them. I don't know if that's what you call them, but... Hebrews 11.15 says, If they have been thinking of the land from which they had gone out, they would have had the opportunity to return. If they had been thinking of the land that they have come out of. What land have you come out of? Ethan was just saying it in worship. You're a new creation. 
Your sin, that's where you came out of. Your hurt, your past, whatever happened in your family. God has called you out. He has placed a race in front of you. And now what? Verse 16 says, but as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. God is not ashamed to be called your God because he has placed a race in front of you that you have to endure to get there. Not thinking about where you came from, not thinking about what you missed, not thinking about, oh, but I wanted to do this and I wanted to have money and I wanted to study this. But God has placed a race in front of you, a purpose, a heavenly purpose, and you cannot keep your eyes and your focus on the world anymore. If you want to endure these trials, if you want to endure this hardship, you want to continue. And I'm not saying this out of like, oh, this guy doesn't even know. Like, like I've, the, when I left Elam, every year I wanted to give up for the disappointment. And the preacher just told us yesterday, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be betrayed by the people that you least expected. He- health issues may come up and economic issues might come up. And you're like, what am I going to do, God? And you need to endure because there is a greatest purpose. Like what happened with that? What's the effect? Not the effect. The cause of what they did. We're seated right now here with the joy of salvation because of what they endured and their faith. You have no idea what your life is going to impact. How your life is going to impact the lives of others in the future. The purpose that God has for you is even greater than you can picture or imagine. The miracle is going to come if you endure. The, the breakthrough is going to come when you endure. And it's, of course, it's by grace. Yes, but God is asking you to endure the hardship. It's part of being a Christian. But how do we do this? What time is it? Oh. Wow. So... My, point, my third point, how do, we, how do we endure? What is the example? I mean, we have this example of people that desired a better country. Are you desiring the old country? Or are you desiring the better country? That you have no idea what's going to come. That's why you need faith. You need faith. But faith requires endurance. It's part of it. So endure, my family. Endure. And, well, let's read the next verse. Verse number two. It says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's read it again because this verse is loaded. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And I'm, I didn't put it there in the, in the slides, but I want to read verse 4 too. Verse 3, sorry. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. God ha- Jesus had a joy at enduring the cross. These people, these great witnesses that are surrounding us that know what we're going through, they desired a better country. They had their eyes on a different perspective, on a, on a heavenly perspective. So 
I know, like, who's tired here? Like, who, like, honestly, like, well, you don't have to raise your hand, but, like, think about it. Like, I got tired. I have grown weary. The Bible says not to grow weary, right? But I have grown weary. I wanted to give up. I wanted to drop everything. I wanted to just be like, God, you know, I want to go backslide to my sin, and I want to follow what I want to do. Because I keep my focus and my mindset, I keep thinking about the country that I came out of. And I had plenty of opportunities to go back. And if you keep thinking about the country that you came out of, you will have plenty, plenty, bazillions of opportunities to go back. But our focus needs to be on what's ahead. Jesus, Jesus, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus, what he did on the cross. And I wanna, one of the things when I think about what Jesus did on the cross, I always go to Jesus when he prayed in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane. That for me is just like, when you, you immerse yourself in that story, it's just like, uh, it breaks your heart. Because Jesus came, comes to, to the, Jesus came to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he, he, was, he was in great suffering. So much that the Bible tells us that he, like what? Like he sweat, like what, where it drops like blood. He was in great suffering. And he was with his fellow uh, disciples, and he told them, pray, right? Mark tells us, no, Matthew 6, Matthew 6, yes, Matthew 26, tells us that Jesus told them three times to pray. Three times while he was enduring the pain, and they were falling asleep. And they had a race in front of them. They still have it. And that's why we have grace. And it, grace is beautiful because will God will turn everything that goes wrong, he will turn it to good for our lives. Even when we messed up. But I'm not going to read the whole chapter because it's a lot. But he, was, he came, he saw them sleeping. He said, get up, right? So that you're not, you might not be tempted. He went back to pray and he did that three times. And then, well, at the third time, he told them, sleep sometime, some, uh, sleep in another time because the time has come and I'm not going to point to them I'm going to point to myself because sometimes I've been sleeping all the time right instead of enduring like that little dog that everything's fine right this is okay and I have to endure and I love something that's even more painful when you look at Luke 18:1, when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray they were like, he told them this. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. It says that the Bible, not, not grow weary, endure. Always pray. That's what Jesus told his disciples. That was, that's what they learned from him. But we forget. I have forgotten many times that I need to endure. And that is part of my faith. And I don't know, maybe you're spending too much time. You know, I love resting, right? Like, apart from working a lot, I love playing video games and I love doing whatever. I, I like, I, I don't think that's wrong. But there is a point where you need to understand that you need to have your time with the Lord. When you need to, like Jesus did, what did Jesus do after in this great trial? He bowed down three times. He prayed and prayed and prayed and said, Jesus, God, not my will, but yours be done. And when God has put a purpose in your life, it's never your will. It's always his. And there are th four things that I want to, I think I'll add there in the next slide. Four things that I, that we can look on Jesus life, in Jesus' life. He had faith. He prayed. He had humility. And he had a great sacrifice. 
And those are, things aren't, those are the things that we need to endure. If we want to continue on this race that God has set before us, in front of us, we need this. Humility, why humility? In Philippians, so when we're talking about the, consu- the, the one that endured the cross. In Philippians 2 tells us, Philippians 2, 7 says, But emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even dead on the cross. Humility is part of endurance too. Because sometimes it's not going to be what you want, but what he wants. And sometimes people are going to treat you bad, and you're going to have to humble yourself. Because you're enduring the race that God has set before you. And growth is going to come. And you're going to have to ask for forgiveness. And you're going to have to have confrontation. And you're going to have to be quiet when you want to scream and shout. And, you, and that's growth. And that's endurance. And that's walking another step on the purpose that God, God has for your life. Prayer, as we saw in Jesus. He prayed and prayed. And we have to sacrifice. Sacrifice time. Sacrifice sleep. Sacrifice things that you have hold on to from the, where you came from. To have time with the Lord. Read your Bible. We, we, we heard it and like, like a month ago, I don't know how long ago, about the foundation. The, the right, if you, if you, if you accept, if you, uh, if you have Jesus as your Lord and his words will be, right, the foundation, your solid foundation. I don't know, I, I think I have led reading the Bible. I st- I've stopped reading the Bible for a long time. And I've seen in my life when I do the, those things, Everything goes like, Pleh. I have some praying and everything is just, Pleh. so I challenge you, Jesus, his sacrifice was detachment because he didn't estimate it to be like God. He didn't care about what he, where he was from to give us what we have now. You're going to impact the lives of many. God has called you to do great things. But there is a need of endurance. When you leave Elam, or you stay, if you stay in Elam or if you leave, wherever you go, you're going to have a need of endurance. That's the thing. It's, it's, not like, it's not like, oh, maybe. No, it's a fact. So I challenge you to have faith because it's related to endurance. And how do we have, have faith? By hearing the word of God. So read the Bible. Pray, 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 always pray so you may not grow weary. Humility, so you understand that it's not your will, but it's his. And sacrifice, you're sacrificing your life to understand that there is a better calling, that there is a heavenly city, that there is a better city here on earth for you. Well, let me pray for you. Why don't we stand up? And uh, I'll just want to pray for you. And... If you're, I don't know, just really searching your heart, maybe you're struggling right now and you have had a hard time being at Elam, studying, reading, or just with friends and things had happened and you, you have wanted to give up and it was not what you expected and you want a refund, an exchange, and you want to say, God, you know, I want to go back to where I came from. Why don't you just, whatever the Spirit leads you, you can bow down, you can just uh, extend your hands to Him. But I'm going to pray. God, God, I ask you that you will give us faith and endurance to grow in the purpose that you have given us. God, I ask you that you may 
just give us grace too when we have failed. Because realize that you have died on that cross for a better purpose, for a greater and a heavenly purpose. God, give us a strength where we want to grow weary and we want to give up and we want to backslide into old habits and sin. Lord, and just protect each one of us. That if we stay here, and we wherever we go, whatever we do next, we I ask you to just really that your word will be in our hearts, in our minds. That your Holy Spirit will just give us... Uh, just a push, not just a notch, but actually a big push to realize that we're walking the wrong way. And that we need to look back to you. God, when maybe sickness has come to our family or things have of trouble or just lack of economy. And we just, we don't understand and we're asking why, why, why. And we want to go back. Remind us of your perfect love. Of your sacrifice. Of what you gave up for us. And what you have for us right now. In your name we pray. Amen.